Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Welcome, Real Presence, excuse me, Real Presence Radio Land. It's a beautiful Friday here at the studio in Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, I'm Jack Kennelly. I will be one of your hosts along with my wife, Doreen. Good morning. And we're happy to have you with us. And we've got a, uh, we think we have a very interesting program lined up for you today. And um, uh, we're, 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 we're ready to get at it uh, right off the bat. We have with us the, the Deacon's Gym, uh, Deacon Jim Eggle, who is a um, uh, permanent deacon here in Fargo, and he's uh, a chaplain, our director of pastoral care at Villa Maria Nursing Home, and uh, Deacon Jim Hunt, who is also a chaplain for Rosewood on Broadway, which is a nursing home on the north side of Fargo. And we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, covid and uh, I know this is you're, you're probably kind of tapped out on COVID stories, but we're we're looking at this from the standpoint of the pastoral care response and the nursing homes to it. But before that, uh, this being the solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, uh, we've asked Deacon Jim Hunt if he would lead us with a prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, as we celebrate the solemnity of your sacred heart today, we are reminded of your many falls as you climbed Mount Calvary under the weight of the cross. With each fall, you mustered all your strength to rise and stagger on with your ultimate goal of our redemption in mind. It was truly an act of love. Help us when we tire or fall doing our work of loving service to seek your help then rise to the task at hand and do it well. When we feel drained and empty of love, then help us love all the more. In your holy, self-sacrificial name, we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Deacon. That was beautiful. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm, I'm reminded when I was a kid that we would do uh, prayers for reparation for sins against the Sacred Heart and also against the Immaculate Heart, and that's it, it, kind of been lost. Yeah. But, uh, and the feast of the Immaculate Heart tomorrow. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And I think yeah. we need those prayers. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you both for um, being with us today, Deacon Hunt and Deacon Eagle. Um, can you each tell us a little bit about yourself so you can introduce yourselves to our listeners? Well, I'm. Uh, originally from Canada, North Dakota. This is Deacon Jim Eagle. I'm originally from uh, Canada, North Dakota. Um, and I moved down to Fargo in 2009. I was uh, uh, given the responsibility of caring for the poor, or the poor and the shut-in at Villa Maria uh, uh, in 2009. And, and uh, 10 days after I started working there, we had the Great Flood. And we had to evacuate the premises and move everybody all over the state. And 
And uh, that was a crisis in itself. Not as long-lasting as the one that we're in right now, but uh, hopefully this will soon come to pass as well. Um, They're not blaming you for the COVID pandemic. You know, pandemic. I'm, I'm, I'm quite, I'm, I don't know. Yeah, well, you, you seem to have an association with the flood there, but I don't know. <laughs> okay. Deacon Hunt? Yeah, I grew up on a farm north of Hellock, Minnesota, up on the permafrost in the far north. Uh, I'm the second of 17 children. There was 10 boys and 7 girls. Um, I was ordained a deacon in 2006. My wife and I have eight children of our own and, and what, 21 grandchildren, three great-grandchildren. So we've accumulated a following. Um, I've been chaplain at, at, I started out both at Villa Maria and Ro Rosewood back in December of 2007. And then at 2009, they made both positions, Rosewood and Villa, full-time. And I moved to Rosewood at that time. And, and then Deacon Eggle came in. There was a requirement that if you came to work after I left Villa Maria that your name had to be Jim. So. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what's going to happen after yeah. us, Jim. <laughs> so when Jack introduced you, I noticed that he was going to call you chaplains, and then he changed that to um, pastoral care. Is there a difference between being a chaplain of a nursing home and head of pastoral care? Yes, they're speaking. There, there is a technical yes, yes. difference, okay. but it's really not uh, practiced. Yeah. Uh, the term chaplain is really reserved for uh, priests. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, but it's 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 not practiced, and it's um, yeah. <laughs> okay. I just wondered if there was a difference. I hadn't ever considered that before. So thank you. Right. Yeah. And they're technically I, the titles are directors of pastoral care. Right. Okay, so as directors of pastoral care, um, what is your job in ministering to the people in the nursing homes? How does that, what does that look like and how does it play out? Well, I, you know, <clears throat> our, our responsibility is to go and, and uh, try to uh, just meet with the, the uh, residents and, and even the staff and um, just see where they are in their pastoral, I mean, in their spiritual life and, and uh, you know, if they're engaged in their faith, or, or if they're, you know, if they're struggling, and try to meet whatever needs they they may have, and and uh, reach out in whatever way that that um, you know is necessary to to help you know enliven that spirit within them, because we all know that you know if you if you have a lively spirit, it's going to be a uh, a healthy experience physically for you as well. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, and of course, to, to uh, bring the sacraments to them when they can't uh, come for them, which we're faced with right now, uh, taking the, the, the Blessed Sacrament to them uh, in their rooms. And uh, uh, hopefully soon we can open the doors of the, of the uh, chapel and let them come back in, you know, uh, with restrictions and and so they can be participants right there during the services and stuff. Right now at Villa Maria, we have the opportunity to, because of the way things are set up, we can do virtual uh, services um, uh, and broadcast that on one of our channels right there at Villa Maria. So it can go to every room that w wants to uh, watch uh, and partake in that. 
uh, whenever we have a service. And, and and not all of your residents are Catholic. Right. But there's a lot of, I mean, it, you know, there. it doesn't seem to make any difference. They, they watch mm-hmm. whatever's in front of them. Uh, uh, I mean, they, there's a lot of the uh, TVs that are tuned into the channel to, to watch it, whether they're Catholic or Protestant or, or whatever. So right. it sounds like a lot of one-on-one kind of friendship and um, you know, following with the people that are there. Right. Yeah. That's where the, you know, that... Um, compassionate care comes in because you're seeing seeing them face to face and you know that's what's so difficult right now because they don't have that face to face and uh hands on uh uh experience with their families and that's where the pastoral care is and and the staff is very vital to try to compensate for some of that there's no way that you're going to uh you know completely fulfill that the need them, for human contact. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's there's no way we can take the place of family, but we do the very best we can. You know, and it's especially important now when a resident comes in. It, it's always important, but to to meet them where they are, to talk to them, and let them know that they're loved and cared about, and to you know invite them to pray in whatever way they can or will. Um, you know, people come to us. Like from many different faiths, but uh, we, we, you know we have the same problem throughout the Christian world that we do in in our Catholic faith that many people don't practice their faith anymore, and and so a lot of them have been distanced from church for a long, long time, and so to try to reacquaint them with God at a time in their life when they're drawing more close to the time that they'll see Him, and and so. To facilitate that in whatever way we can, you know, with a Catholic residence, with sacraments and so forth, and, and getting a priest to come in and anoint them with the anointing of the sick when they need it and so forth, uh, hear confessions. Uh, those things are limited now, except in, in very uh, dire emergencies, someone's uh, end-of-life situation. But but it's especially important for us to, to you know, the pri- that's really our primary duty right now is the one-to-one visits with residents because we haven't been able to do much else for the last few months, although we are just starting again to do some very limited chapel services. Yeah, I, I would imagine one of the difficulties, you know, because when you're dealing with uh, residents who aren't Catholic, you know, you can provide a certain amount of, uh, you know, spiritual enrichment for them, but also, you know, the their local pastors aren't able to come in. That's right. And so that's a void, I would think. We're really all they have right now. You know, except that they do provide phone visits with pastors as well, but but really that's that's quite limited, you know, as far as what they can do. Right. And one of the things I'd like, well, I think maybe in the interest of full disclosure, uh, I do work for SMP Health System, which is the the parent company of Rosewood on Broadway and Villa Maria, and I did I do have some connection with the, the the pastoral care efforts. One of the things we were talking about language earlier, and I just want to mention this: one of the things now is the ter- pastoral care. That term seems to be drifting in some circles over to spiritual care, and uh, you know, and I think part of that is just to indicate that. You know, we are trying to, you know, meet the spiritual needs of everybody who is in our nursing homes, even though we are a Catholic organization and we make no apologies for that. And yeah. we don't diminish, you know, our Catholic identity in, in any way, but we do have a responsibility. And one of the slogans that we have in our nursing homes, in fact, Deacon 
Hegel has his button on that says pastoral care is primary care. And, uh, you know, and I think that's true. In my several years of service in pastoral care at Rosewood and Villa Maria, um, over those years, the many different people of different faiths that, I've inv- faiths that I've invited to pray when I've been with them, and I've always let them know I'm a Catholic deacon, but I've only ever had two refuse me in all those years, and they were, all, they were both atheists. But mm. They'd let me talk to them about anything else, just not faith, and so you have to respect that too. Mm-hmm. I had a Protestant uh, resident that, you know, with the broadcasting, the, the services on the over the channel too. That <clears throat> after we I got done, I went. I was visiting with him, and he said, Deacon, he says, uh, you know, if you ever want to give up Catholicism, he says, I think there's a place for you in the Protestant Church. <laughs> <laughs> and you said, <laughs> and I said, well, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> that was cute. Um, We've kind of edged into the next question, but I want to back up a little bit. Um, you do a lot of work getting to know the people, meeting them where they are, um, learning about them one-on-one. Um, what other kinds of things you do that you can't do right now? You, you alluded, um, Deacon Hunt, to oops, um, to that you're starting to open up, being able to open up a little bit more. But what is it that um, has had to um, be put on hold during this time? Well, we haven't been permitted to have priests come in to say Mass or, or to, you know, generally to come in and hear residents' confessions mm. for all of this period of time, except in a, you know, an end-of-life sure. time. We can still get them to come in and anoint the sick when they're dying. Um, but apart from that, we're just very limited as far as outside pastoral care mm-hmm. coming in. So, priests coming in from local parishes yep. to celebrate yep. Mass? Holy Spirit takes okay. care of us up at Rosewood. And in his nativity for um, yes. Villa Maria? Yeah. yeah. I know years ago when I taught at nativity, um, the school children were responsible for celebrating Mass, with, I mean, joining the residents and celebrating Mass. Yeah, do they right. still do that? Do the kids come in? Not yeah. not down at, uh, at nativity. Villa. Oh. I think Villa. They, they used to, but uh, not so long ago, but Rosewood. You know, the Holy Spirit kids come over there once in a while for Mass during the wintertime. You know, we also have Protestant ministers that come in for services a couple of times a week, and they have not been able to come no. in either. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're just very limited as to the services we can provide, and especially except for the one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I imagine that uh, with the quarantine, that it's, it's all the more important, you know, the the one on one visits to yeah. take place because, like I mentioned earlier, you guys are filling a, an awfully big void. Yeah. No. Yeah. So. And it's especially difficult, you know, when the residents can't visit with their own families, you know, and and uh, it causes an extra spiritual load on them, you might say. And I, I know that very personally, having my wife at a nursing home and not being mm-hmm. able to hug her mm-hmm. or kiss her or any of those things that husbands yeah, and wives right. do, you okay. know that. Um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to interrupt for just a second so I can remind our uh, listeners that uh, you're listening to Real Presence Live this morning, and uh, we're just coming up on a break. Uh, your hosts today are myself, Jack Canelli, and my wife, Dreen, and we'll continue our uh, discussion with the Deacons, the Deacons Hunt right after the break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. 
Honor your father by word and deed, that a blessing from him may come upon you. Sirach 3.8 Our priests guide us on the right path and teach us about our Catholic faith. At Real Presence Radio, we'd like to honor them for helping to deepen our relationship with Jesus. Each week on Real Presence Live, we honor our fathers with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. You can nominate your priest to receive special recognition by going to yourcatholicradiostation.com. And thank you to all our priests for your service to the Holy Catholic Church. How can you know for sure that your loved one is in heaven? Well, the short answer is you can't. I'm Father Chris Alar, but you can have confident hope that they are saved because no matter when or how they died, even by suicide, you can pray and make sacrifices now to still help them accept God's final offer of grace. Jesus told St. Faustina, call upon my mercy on behalf of sinners. I desire their salvation. When you pray with faith on behalf of some sinner, I will give him the grace of conversion. Wow. If you desire heaven for someone, God desires it even more. So do your part to help them get there. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Hello, my name is Mitchell Lahneman. I'm a junior at Mount Marty College, and I'm originally from Adrian, Minnesota. I chose Mount Marty because when I first visited Mount Marty College my freshman year, I could feel the sense of community and the relationships I built with the professors I met and the coaches I met the very first time on campus was really impactful to me. Mount Marty offers lots of opportunities such as leadership positions and different clubs and activities to participate in. Mount Marty College, experience the momentum. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Um, We're happy that you joined us this morning. I'm Doreen Canelli, one of your hosts, and I'm here with my dear husband, Jack. And um, we have in the studio, which is really a nice thing to do to be able to visit with people face-to-face instead of over the phone, um, we have with us the Deacon's Jim, as Jack said earlier, um, Deacon Jim Agle and Deacon Jim Hunt. And we're visiting with them about their work in pastoral care in two of our local nursing homes. And they're also a lot better looking than they sound. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, Jack. I don't know if I want to say, Jack. <laughs> it's the glow that's coming out. Yeah, right. Yes, um, we're we're visiting about um, the beautiful, um, I guess, apostolate that they're a part of um, in ministering and um, befriending people whose homes are um, at this point in their life in, in within the walls of a nursing home, and so um, we're going to get back to. Um, hearing more about that. So the next question, gentlemen, is um, how are you, what are some other ways that you're helping um, the people that um, are, have made their homes at Villa or at Rosewood um, in overcoming uh, a different kind of loneliness that we're experiencing during this time in history, or maybe even depression during this time? I'd say one of the main things is to try and keep them in touch with their families as best as we can, because that's the that's a real hunger that they have and a real loss that they experience. And so we 
we connect them with phone calls and FaceTime and Zoom visits and all that kind of stuff. And and I suppose within the last month, we've been able to go to, a, we're out, we have a courtyard, you know, on the east side of the building where we're able to take residents out there and their families can meet them, you know, across, a, across the a fence there and they can visit, you know, pretty close together and, and see each other. You know, there's no touch and any of that kind yeah, of stuff. They but, have to wear masks yeah, in the whole yeah, nine yards. Yeah. And so all of the, the precautions need to be taken, but nevertheless, you know, just to, to see your loved one a few feet away, even if you can't mm. touch them, but to hear them and talk to them is, is very consoling for them as well. And, um, and so I think that was that's, that's a very big thing, you know, and that's, it, it seems like a small thing until you've been without it for quite a while, and then it's a big thing. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you've yeah. got till it's gone. That's right. That's right. And that's I would right. I would think that uh, all of the other, uh, you know, caregivers uh, are also kind of helping out. I suppose by visiting just a little bit longer when they can. Yeah, they do an awful lot of that, and and you know, in a sense, we've kind of all become a closer family. We're we're you know doing what we can to take the place of the residents' family, even though we can never do that. Fully and completely, we can we can certainly ease that uh, that suffering of of uh, loneliness and loss and so forth. Yeah, and I, yeah. I think I'll take advantage of this opportunity of being behind this microphone to do a shout out to all the uh, long term care employees and the hospital employees yeah. as well of uh, uh, SMP Health System as well as those yeah. you know of all the other uh, systems and uh, freestanding. Uh, locations for the work that they're doing. Yeah, we're just so blessed by all of the people that we work with, too. We have fantastic staffs in, in both facilities. Yeah. You know, you can... Uh, the, those frontline workers, uh, they they are faced with quite a bit because, you know, um, they see that, uh, that, that you know, um, sorrowful look in the eyes of the people that they are uh, taking care of. And and that in itself is a ministry of its own, you know, the, mm-hmm. the frontline workers. Uh, um, and, you know, we can't be with every resident every minute of the day and stuff like that. And they're, they are working with them uh, continually. And, and, and that's the, that's the uh, nice thing about the, the health system that we work for is that it's, you know, uh, that motto of, you know, we're... We're standing in the place of Christ when we are uh, ministering to the needs of the people, and and uh, you know, and that's the thing that we always have to keep in our mind that um, you know, when family isn't there for them, uh, that's where we have to be there in in that place. And you know, one of the things that when you were introducing this uh, segment, um, you know, about how how do you deal with it, you know, where they're disconnected from their families. And, you know, when you see family members, uh, grandkids and stuff, come to the windows with with signs uh, and hold them up to the windows, Grandma, I love you, or, or uh, you know, we're, we're thinking of you, Grandpa, and stuff like that. And and to see the smiles and, and, and uh, actually tears that uh, <laughs> flow from those, those people uh, behind the walls that can't, uh, get that like Deacon Hunt uh, mentioned earlier, you know, that experience of we are a, a, a people that likes to touch. Mm-hmm. And without that touch, it's, there's, it's just like the, uh, there's no 
the relationship is broken. It's such um, concrete evidence that we're created in God's image, and God is a trinity of beings, and we're made for communion with Him and with each other. It's very early on in the Scripture in Genesis, it tells us, you know, God says it is not good for man to be alone. So all of our listeners out there, if you know someone who is in a a nursing home or in a long-term hospital kind of stay, even if they're just an acquaintance that you might not know that well, send them a note. If someone sent a, a card um, and they don't know someone in, in you know, an, an, they don't know a particular individual, um, would it be safe to say that the staff would get a greeting card to an individual? Absolutely. That, okay. Absolutely. That's very fact, good to know. In fact, there's different times of the year where there will be, uh, you know, maybe a group of kids that will... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, school kids that'll uh, write out mm. cards and stuff like that, and they'll do enough for all of the residents, so uh, they can be passed out to every resident yeah. would get one. I I suspect yeah. that you even have some residents who have no family. Yes, we yeah, do absolutely. One yeah. thing I'd like to add is that you know we not only minister to the residents, but we minister to their families as well. Mm-hmm. You know, living on both sides of the fence, I do with my own wife in a nursing home. There's a there's a real need for family to see them as well as for them to see their family. You know, we, that's you know that's the way family is. You you love each other and and you both need each other's company. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to leave them out. Right. Yeah. right. And and do you, I would presume that the staff is in need at at sometimes in um, encouragement right. and. Um, you Absolutely. minister to them spiritually Absolutely. as well. And we minister to them as we can as well. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. What a <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, you know, because they're, they're, they're walking through this whole uh, scenario that we've been faced with these last several months at home as well. You know, where, okay, they'd love to be out with the, with the crowd, but what's, what's that do for their their environment when they go back to work mm-hmm. and you know the experiences that we've had is uh, you know that's how this this bug moves around right and, and uh, we have to we have to do whatever we can to keep that social distance mm-hmm. right well, so I wanted to um, you know, in life when we um, when we allow God to bless others through us it seems that a blessing comes right back to us from those that, that we're helping. Do you have any stories to share about, you talked about witnessing, you know, the joy of the, of the resident um, when their grandchildren might come to visit or, you know, something like that. Can you think of other experiences of, of just totally being blessed um, through the work that you do? Well, I can think of one very vivid one recently, you know, in the last, year or two, I've had some pretty serious health problems of my own, so I've been gone to the hospital sometimes and out sick quite a bit, and the the residents would always be asking me how I am or telling me they've been praying for me while I've been gone or something like that. And there's nothing makes you feel quite as good as that when you, you know that the people that you care for love you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, a, yep. it's a very fulfilling and, and joyful thing. It's a, well, I think it's a that's a two-way what, street. <laughs> I, I, think, I think for myself, I think it's just these these uh, um, years that I've worked uh, where I'm at has been a total blessing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I think it, you know, one of the nice things I like about Rosewood and Villa, uh, one of their values is relationships, developing relationships between the caregivers and those they care for. And uh, they really do that. And Absolutely. they become friends. They become like family because I, I hear that a lot where uh, people who have uh, loved ones will say, you know, it's like, you know, we're part of their family or they become part of our family. And you really get a sense of that when someone passes away, Mm -hmm. the the staff come together and and the emotion flows. I've had it. We're we're coming up on our time, so I'm sorry to interrupt because I wanted to get a blessing from <laughs> from one of you, one of you guys give before me, you me, go. Give me. <laughs> All right, yes. All right. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Lord, we ask for you to be always in our life. Watch over all of those who care for our loved ones who are who are faced with this disconnection that we have, and we ask you to send your grace and blessings down upon us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for your beautiful ministries and for being with us this morning. It's been a great joy. Hold that thought, Deke and Jim Hunt, that I cut (laughs) off for the next time you're on the air. (laughs) Sorry to do that. I'll go back to my office and carve it in stone. (laughs) Thank you for inviting us. Yes, thanks for coming. Great pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And for those of you who are listening, we've got more uh, good segments to come on Real Presence Live. Uh, Stay tuned. Stay tuned to hear about how COVID-19 is having an impact on poor countries as we visit with Todd Mickelson of the Friends of Chimbote. And after that, join us for the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. All this and more coming up next, so stay tuned. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.